We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Vav, Pasuk Ches, for Eshma is called Adonai Omer Esmi Eshaleach. So when we left, left Yeshayahu, he was standing in the center of the Heichal of the Beis Hamikdash, standing in the center of an earthquake that had been unleashed following his having a vision that no one else ever had other than Moshe of seeing, as he says, the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We saw the Maseh Merkava, the incident of the chariot, that most mysterious, um, unfathomable chapter in, in all of Tanakh. And now we pick up on Perakas after this maelstrom, we hear the Eshma es kol Adonai Omer esmi eshaleach umi yelech lanu v'omar hineni shlacheni. The Kaddish Baruch Hu says to these angels, or seraphim as we call them, and he says that who am I going to send? Who am I going to send to B'nai Yisrael to do the tshuva required to repent from these terrible sins, specifically the lesson of Achaz, uh, no, of Achaziahu, of offering the Ketaris, and the entire backsliding of B'nai Yisrael. Who can I send? Nothing seems to work. The Omar and Yeshayahu answers, Hineni, I am here, Shlachani, send me. One of the only Nevi'im uh, that volunteer for the job. Most are called or forced or required to go. Yeshayahu eagerly and enthusiastically volunteers. The Kaddish Baruch who gives him his instructions. You are to say to these people, Shimu Shamoa Baal Tovinu. You listen, you hear, you hear, but you don't understand a thing. You're really not hearing anything that is being tried, trying to communicate to you. You see, you see everything. You don't absorb a thing. You don't internalize what you see. These people's hearts have grown fattened. Usually that expression, like Vayishman Yeshur and Vayivat, that Israel became fat indicates a satisfaction of pursuit of the material pleasures, the luxuries of life, not paying attention to the true spirituality. So you see everything, you see the miracles, you don't absorb a thing. You hear, you don't absorb anything. Your heart has become just obsessed with material pleasures. And therefore, the Osni he conveyed your ears have become hardened, where you refuse to listen, and you, you don't even want, your eyes will not see, because you're scared, you don't want to hear, you don't want to see, because if you did, your heart would understand, and it would return in tshuva. You are deliberately shutting out any opportunity for tshuva or deliberately making yourself that you don't understand uh, what the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants of you. And so then Yeshayahu asks a very logical question. 
Omar how long is my prophecy to last? In other words, at what point will they do tshuva? At what point are they going to listen to me? And the answer is very pessimistic and upsetting. Vayomer ad asher, they will not repent until in show arim, till their cities are destroyed and desolate. Me'en yoshev, there is no one living on the land. Ubatim me'en adam, there is no one occupying the houses. the land is left totally desolate. That's when they're first going to start doing tshuva. It's not a very reassuring answer. And the Kaddish Baruch will distance them from their land. And there will be many who have been exiled from the, uh, from the land. And then they will become uh, further destruction, but here comes the Nechama. There will be Ben Ashiraya, a tenth will survive in the land. And again, this tenth will be destroyed. But like a mighty oak tree where the trunk remains, even if the leaves are destroyed, Zera Kodesh Matsapta. There will be a seed, a small remnant that will remain and will stay faithful. And that is what he's saying that the people of Israel will never die out completely. There will always be a remnant, a tenth said here, but it could be more that will survive no matter what. And so that is the reassurance that the Kaddish Baruch will never allow the entire nation to be destroyed. So now we come to Perak Zion, and to understand Perak Zion, we have to go back to an incident in Malachim Bay. It's a very important incident, so let's refresh ourselves. We have seen that when the nations of Israel split off after the death of Shlomo, where Yerobam ben Nevat headed the ten shrats into the north, uh, another king was to the south, meaning Yehuda. We saw that the kings of Israel, of Malchus Yisrael, were, for want of another expression, they were duds. They were incompetent to the last one of them. There wasn't one Sadiq, there wasn't one Yerushalayim, there wasn't one person who could really unite the entire nation. They were awful. On the contrary, in Yehuda, there were good kings. There were tzaddikim. There were Yerushalayim. Probably because of the presence of the Beis Hamikdash, the presence of the Sanhedrin, there was a better, competent class of leadership that was tzaddikim. Until really Achaz, Achaz ben Yosem, Achaz was truly a Russia. There's no other way to describe him. He was the first king of Judea to bring the Baal, the notorious idol, into the temple. He was the first king to follow the most abominable avodazara of them all, the Molech, when you passed your children through the fire. And indeed, the Mephoshim say he did that. He passed his real children through the fire to appease some imaginary icon 
uh, etc. He was guilty of every venality. There wasn't a redeeming factor to him. Now, at this point, Pesach ben Ramayah, another one of the incompetent kings of Israel, makes a military alliance with Aram, with one of the perennial enemies of the children of Israel. He makes a coalition that has nothing else but its purpose but to destroy Judea. It's a, it's a civil war. And they do, at the initial stages, very well. The Medrash tells us he kills 120,000 men of Judea in a single day. They take 200,000 women prisoner. They capture all the outlying territory other than Yerushalayim. And now this unholy alliance are on a straight line, a straight trajectory to destroy Yerushalayim. So you have to imagine that, that a king of Israel enlisting one of the most implacable enemies of the Israel into a war whose purpose is the destruction of Yerushalayim and the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. It's astounding, it's mind-boggling. At the same time, Pesach ben Ramayah, a king of uh, Judea, he forms an alliance with um, Assyria, with Asher, another enemy, pays an exorbitant, exorbitant extortion to keep him as his partner, and he's going to protect him. But meanwhile, as these guys are headed straight for the destruction of Yerushalayim, the Kaddish Baruch Hu intervenes. He will not let Yerushalayim be destroyed, notwithstanding the evil nature of Ahaz. So we pick that up in Posek Aleph. Ritzin, the king of Aram, Upekach ben Ramayah, Melech Yisrael, Yerushalayim. They form an alliance. They're going up to Yerushalayim, Lemilchama Aleha, Velo Yachol Lehilachim Aleha. And the Kodesh Baruch is saying they weren't able to do as we see that now we switch to the past tense. They would not be allowed to do that. Pasuk Beis. Vayigat Leveis David Lemor, and it was told to Veis David, it's interesting, as Rashi points out, it just says, and it was told to Beis David. Rashi says, Lefisha Rosha Haya Lohis Kirshmo. He was so evil, Achaz, they would not even mention his name. The only reason he's being saved is because, as they say, Schus Avos, uh, his father, uh, Yosam, the rest of uh, that Malchus David, they will not let him be destroyed, the Kaddish Baruch. So when he got the base David, it's told Nacha Aram al Ephraim. Uh, Aram has formed a, a, a coalition with Ephraim. Ephraim is another name for the ten tribes of the north because Yeruvim, of course, came from Ephraim. By Yonah Levavo, they trembled. Levav Amo, Achaz's nation, they were terrified. They shook like the trees in a, in a hurricane, uh, the f- fragile trees shaking in fear. Go out to greet Achaz. First time we're introduced 
to an immediate member of Yeshayahu's family, go with your son whose name is Shar Yashuv. Carries with it a very prophetic um, hint in that Shar Yashuv meaning the they will return, the exiles will return, a remnant will return, and take him el to alas ha-brecha the upper cistern, Yerushalayim, was supported in their uh, need for water by a series of cisterns that without them uh, they couldn't survive, as we're going to see much later. But in this case, this is the upper cistern, meet him there, el mesilas de coves, by the field that is used for laundry. For Omar love, and now say to Ahaz, Hishomer Vahashkeit, listen to what I'm saying, pay attention, Vahashkeit, but do not fear. Altira, do not be afraid, Ulovavcha Ayyrech, Mishnei Zanavot Atudim Hashadim Ha'ela. Very colorful metaphor. He says, do not fear that your heart not be panicked because of these two. Yerech Mishnei Snafot would be the stumps of these firebrands, who are smoldering. In other words, he compares them to the stumps of firebrands that now they're finished, they're going out, they're just war firebrands, but now they have no more capacity to ignite. They are, they are useless. They're going to fade. That's what he's comparing uh, Maya and the king of Ashur. So he says, do not worry from these fires. They, they're useless. They're, they can't ignite. Bechorei af ritzin v'aram ben Ramaya, ben ritzin and Ramaya. Do not shed any fear, any tears about this. On account that they have counseled with each other to inflict destruction. And he's describing to Ahaz what they have counseled together, these two. Now let be Yehuda, let us go up to be Yehuda, Unikitsana, let's destroy it, Avinara. Let's split it, Alenu. We will pick a king, our own puppet king in its midst, as Ben Tavel. So we don't know, is Ben Tavel a real person, the name of some lackey, or is it mm, just Ben Tavel, some plain guy, it doesn't matter who, we will pick him. We don't know whether there was such a person, but it doesn't matter, it never comes to that. Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying to these, this king of um, Aram and to Yachniel, uh, it's not going to happen. Abramaya, rather. It's not going to happen. You're not going to triumph. You're not going to win. Kirosh Aram Damesek, Verosh Damesek Ritzin. The head of Aram is Damascus, the capital city. The head of the whole regime is Ritzin. Uh, and that's it. They're going to stay within their own territory. And he instructs him to say, in another 65 years, Yachas Ephraim Me'om. 
Ephraim will be sent into exile. They're not even going to be on the land. That number is wrong. It is not 65 years. In fact, it's 57, uh, 17 more years. Where do they get 65? They get it from a prophecy that Amos, the Navi, before and it really at the same time as Yeshayahu made that in 65 years he had made it 47 years ago, Israel will be exiled from the land. So it's really 15 years to go. Uh, I'm sorry if my math is wrong, it's 18 years to go. Barosh Ephraim Shomron, Barosh Shomron ben Ramayu, same thing. It's Ramayo, who's the head of Shomron, Imlo Saminu Kilose Amna. If you're not going to believe me, then that's it. It's your, your problem. Because trust me, they will not be here. They will not touch Yerushalayim. They themselves will be exiled to a strange land, a foreign land, uh, totally leaving the ten tribes of the north, the land desolate. By Yosef Hashem Mor, and he continues instructing Yishayo what to say. Shalcha os, you don't believe me? Ask for a sign. Meim Hashem Elokecha, ha mekshela, o hadbei lemala. Is it a shela from the depths? Test me. A test from the bottom, a test from the top, from the bottom of the earth to the tops of Shemayim. Ask what you will. So here, if you read the shot, he looks like such a tzaddik, Achaz. I'm not interested in asking. I'm not going to test the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I would have total faith in Hashem. Read Rashi, below Anaseh. I'm not asking because I'm not interested. I wouldn't give the Kaddish Baruch the opportunity to do a Kiddush Hashem. Uh, I don't want his favors. He is just an arrogant, evil person. Listen to the house of David. He doesn't even use his name, Achaz. Is it not enough that you have corrupted men and you have just shown um, uh, human beings this disrespect? You're going to God as well. I'm going to give you a sign anyway. The Karasa Shmo Immanuel. Behold, and this is referring to Medrashas to a sister of Ahaz. She was a sister who was a Tzadikis. She, who has never had a child, will give birth. His name will be God is with us. We must say in stopping here that this Pasuk has been a tremendous source of distress to the Jews throughout the centuries because it is seized upon by the Christians, by the theologians to show proof because Ha'alma can also be interpreted as a virgin. It is a virgin. So that we're saying that Kaddish Baruch Hu is promising 
that a virgin will give birth to a savior, a Messiah, whose name is Immanuel, God is with us. We'll continue this wrong, but the answer is that this doesn't happen for 500 years. We're talking about right now, but as I say, it's a tremendous source of difficulty. So we will continue tomorrow with the actual miracle brought to B'nai Israel as the Kaddish Baruch who promised 8.45 a.m.